Hey, girly, it's me, Lama Sue. Do you wish to live for Galiciously? Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPaul's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. And welcome back to another week of chaos. That was Noah. His pronouns are he, him. His at on TikTok is the Jewish Jedi. And his gender this week is Force Ghost, because he is not here. Um, so you'll be getting the four of us this week. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. My social media is at Oliefresh on basically all platforms. And my gender this week is WLW, which stands for Wrecker Loving Wrecker. It's what, it's what Noah would want. <laughs> it's what Noah would want. I'm doing it in honor of him because he is not with us today. That's so kind of you. <laughs> I do my best for my community. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on most social media at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is Chad Bane, honorable duelist. I hate the idea of Chad, Chad Cad Bane versus virgin someone else. <laughs> so, like, I, I just don't know who the virgin to Cad virgin Bane's Hunter. Chad is. Virgin Hunter. <laughs> virgin <laughs> Hunter versus Chad Cad Bane. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter pulled first, but didn't shoot first. He just missed. (laughs) He missed because Cad Bane shot him. (laughs) Maybe I should have rewatched the episode. Yeah, I did forget to rewatch the episode before fucking doing this. So that's, we're bringing a certain energy to this episode today. Uh, Hello, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at GrunkleRex. And my gender this week, um, much like, you know, uh, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Happy Pride, Cad Bane. I'm Claudia. Um, <laughs> my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says with a K, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says um, on all the social media platforms. My gender of the week, because I have been reading the Leia comic, is Evan Verlaine stealing Luke's Chanel boots. Um... <laughs> All of her outfits are Luke's outfits. I don't, maybe he modeled himself after her. I think maybe he saw a fashionable Alderanian rebel pilot and he was like, I'm going to steal that lesbian style. Yeah, she wears like the yellow jacket She thing. stole his look and during Pride Month? Yeah, no, he <laughs> stole her look. He stole her look, I think, because it's like, I think it's just like, and, and then she wears like the all black, like with the Chanel boots and everything. And I'm like, wait. He stole her look because it, it happens, like, right after the destruction of Alderaan or whatever. So Luke is there or whatever. I'm like, I think he got his ideas from a very fashionable Alderaanian lesbian. Anyway, that's my gender this week. She's very powerful. Also, very homosexual activity going on between her and Leia. Furthering this, the theory that Han Solo has bi-wife energy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Between Evan Verlaine and Amelyn Holdo. Oh, please. Oh, please. Um, all right, let's... Let's talk about this episode because there's a lot to get into. So the first thing, we start off with Record teaching Omega how to disarm a bomb, which is absolutely something that your uncle would do. And like, you're not allowed to do, your dad wouldn't let you do this, your mom wouldn't let you do this. But you go to your uncle's house and he's like, hey kid, you want to learn how to disarm a bomb? And you're like, but my mom wouldn't let me do that. And they're like, well, is she here? It was making me really happy, but then they had her little moment with Tech where he was like, oh yeah, go off with Tech, whatever, and I was like, oh, so domestic, and then, like, Tech was teaching her things, whatever, and then I was like, oh no. 
they're all teaching her things so she can survive on her own. Something, I, I have two thoughts about that. One is that I do love that this furthers my theory of Wrecker actually being quite intelligent. Because we saw in the Bad Batch arc in the Clone Wars that Wrecker was a demolitions expert. He was set up to be that. And now we actually see him having a smart moment and I, I love. All of them teaching Omega stuff is definitely stressing me out. Because, so I have a theory, and Mel and I were talking about this, and we sort of developed this together. The idea that because Cad Bane now has Omega, I fully believe that there is going to be an episode of Omega setting little traps in Cad Bane's ship. And Mel said, just like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. And the idea of Omega using the skills that she has learned from the Bad Batch to <laughs> basically prank Cad Bane into letting her go is very powerful. Just the concept as of Cad Bane as Joe Pesci makes me feel it's good. phenomenal. It's, it's Joe makes Pesci. Me feel good. He's Chobeshian. His little droid is the other guy whose name escapes me. <laughs> I can't with that. I mean, oh, the other part of it, though, was that, like, this episode and I believe the one right before it were, like, very, very dark. And I feel like that would be a very, like, kid kind of episode that I think yeah. maybe they would throw in there. It would have some plot implications, but I think that would and it would be it would be both character development and filler kind of thing. I, it would remind me of in the Clone Wars arc when they go get their lightsabers on Ilum and then they get captured by the pirates and whatever, like, and all the kids have to, like, it would be like that. Um, and I, I hope that's what they do. Absolutely. I also just realized now I was thinking about it. Um, we have an episode this week and then we go into, um, like, uh, Disney Plus for their PR, dropped all the episode titles for uh, July. Um, and the first episode of July is called Common Ground. So I do think that <gasps> is an episode where they could be re reunited. And so there's just like this little, not necessarily a filler episode. I think that this could be a time that maybe like we get some Bad Batch trying to figure out where the fuck Omega is. And Omega like fully embracing her inner Kevin McAllister. I'm also now thinking about the idea of Cad Bane, who freed a prisoner from the senate prison he held the entire senate hostage beat obi-wan kenobi and quinlan voss in a fight gets taken out by an 11 year old pulling pranks on him feminism it's feminism it's, it's, it's just it like fennec shan beating the shit out of the entire bad badge it's like oh we're the most yes. elite squad and one woman got us he's the girl most boss moment it's a girl boss moment no claudia like you're actually so right because you had that theory a couple episodes ago that was like the reason that they made a female clone was because they realized that like all it took was one woman to beat an entire group of elite soldiers and that's okay i was like oh that's funny theory but now i'm like oh that's actually true <laughs> yeah maybe they you know what feminism gaslight gatekeep girl boss another thing i've been thinking a lot about in terms of Cad Bane and his kind of uh, role in this show. And then also, like, I just want to see Fennec Shand uh, very badly again. I'd like to see my wife. I do think that the idea of the Batch teaming up with Fennec to be like, all right, let's 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 get Omega back. And I think that Omega would have good reason to, like, want to get Omega back for her own purposes. So, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend type situation. I'm just saying they had that unfinished um, animatic of fucking Boba 
vibe checking Cad Bane. Fennec Shand vibe checking Cad Bane as canon. Thoughts? And if you guys don't know what that is, there is an unfinished uh, scene from, I believe it was season seven of The Clone Wars, um, where yes. Boa Fett kills Cad Bane. And, and they took, they took, I believe they probably used that, like, they took an actual scene from that. That's the standoff between Cad Bane and, um, and Hunter. It's Cad Bane and Boba in that unfinished thing. Like, I recognized it immediately when I saw it. I was like, oh, they re, they repurposed this. I see. Hunter, who pulled first, shot second, like, is specifically engineered to be a good soldier. <laughs> and Boba's like, yeah, but I'm built different. Well, Boba built different Fett, I think, is... That's what Book of Boba Fett's gonna be about. Well, the the other thing is that Hunter, he's not Force-sensitive, but he's basically Force-sensitive, and Cad Bane is known for, like, beating Force-sensitives all the time, um, and that's that's his thing. But I have to say, we just said uh, Fennec Shand teaming up with the Batch to get Omega, um, because she's also been sent to get them. You just mentioned the episode titles and the one, not next week's, but the week after is called Common Ground. What if the, like, at first when I saw it, I was like, Common Ground, Onderon, Sagarira. But then I was like, Common Ground, what if it's Common Ground with Fennec Shand? Um, I don't know how that would work because she's trying to, like, get her for... They'll cross that bridge when they get there. I have the actual, really quick, I think, so... Um, the Kaminoans hired bounty hunters to get Omega, right? They hired Fennec. So Nala Say hired Fennec to bring Omega in alive. And then Lama Sue's bitch ass hired Cad Bane and said, we don't need her alive, we just need her intact. Which, first of all, is literally exactly what happened in episode one and two of The Mandalorian when Din was the one who was sent to go bring Grogu in alive, but all of the other bounty hunters showed up ready to kill him. So, epic one story, Dave. But I do think that Fennec, when she finds out that they hired another bounty hunter to go after her bounty, she is going to be upset with Cad Bane, and she is also going to be like, hey, Kaminoans, that, why would you do that? Or, okay, or... Nala Say gets in contact with Fennec and is like, hey, I need you to save that kid because they're going to hurt her. So you need to get Ooh. her out of here because Nala Say clearly wants Omega alive. Yeah, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the common ground is like where she's like, they they want them alive and they're like, okay. And like hmm. Hmm. Nala hmm. Say Nala Say, my enemy turned friend. I won't forgive you for what you did to Fives, but if you save Omega, then we can talk. I do, yeah, I do think that Nalase cares about Omega, seeing that she let Omega go off with the Batch, like, alive, when she could have, like, kept Omega there on Kamino. She thought it was safer for her to go off with the, the Batch. We're, we're talking about the, the fun things, whatever. Overall, this was an incredibly dark, like, dark episode. Like, it was dense, too, because there Very was... dense. It really went from, like, fun wrecker moment with Omega to aim for the child. We're desensitized to it because we're adults and also because, like, I've just recently watched The Clone Wars and blah, blah, blah. 
And then I realized, like, oh, if I was a child watching this, this would be absolutely terrifying. And at this point, I'm like, is this still aimed at children? I don't know. Because this has been two episodes where they have pointed machine guns at children. Um, and again, I had the thought of, cool, so we're okay with, in an animated television show for kids, not only pointing a gun at a child and hunting them down, but then having many soldiers point rifles at a child and say, aim for the child. That's cool and that's okay, but gay people, still not okay. Cool, got it, awesome. I think about that every episode as it gets darker and darker. Um... And have, as they get more explicitly dark with it, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, this is the second episode in a row also where I thought a character was just going to straight up die. And straight up die in a horrific manner. Which the Clone Wars has always done, but like, this is like one thing after another. Not only was this episode dark in terms of like actual material things happening in the story, it was also just fucking dark. Like, <laughs> visually, this was a lot to handle. Um... Watching it in the dark helped, but like, yeah, very games of Game of Thrones of you, <laughs> Bad Batch. I think it was almost like a cinematic, <laughs> in the sense of like in the beginning where it was the lighthearted stuff. It was the day, and then as stuff got progressively worse for everyone, the day progressed. So by the time all of the really intense stuff was happening, it was like night. <laughs> um. Which, honestly, now I'm thinking about it, was probably a deliberate choice. Because also, in case you guys didn't notice, Crosshair got pretty messed up. So it would also be an excuse for them to not have to graphically show Crosshair getting his face burned off. Yeah. Um, I I'm not sure if that's, like, an intentional thing. But I, I, I mean, I'm sure it getting darker is intentional. But I'm not sure if it was, like, specifically so they wouldn't have to show how gruesome Crosshair's face injuries were. But... It's just to consider. I think it was cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm wondering the implications of that because his whole thing is, you know, he's a sharpshooter in his eyes and whatever, and we see him, and he looks like the glass bones and paper skin SpongeBob guy by the end, and he has one eye covered, whatever. Like, is he, is that, was that his shooting eye? Like, what implications is that going to have? Is that going to be like the nail in the clone coffin where they're like, oh, well, clearly we need to just move over to enlisted people because the clones are clearly they could be taken out quite easily um you know is that, is that the nail in the crosshair coffin um you know obviously and obviously we got a little bit of yeah. a vader parallel there no. too so actually you just made me think of that is the fact that something that i noticed while i was watching the episode is that in cut and run which was episode two they were shooting exclusively stun charges at the regs at the other clones in this episode they said we got to get out and we are going to shoot live rounds at them um so like a lot of clones died in this episode so i you just said that and it triggered something in my mind and i'm like what if something like this is when they're like yeah it seems like all of the clones died and all of the enlisted soldiers survived so maybe we should switch Ooh, i don't like where that's going also, the fact with the clones in this episode that they were only referring to them as their their CT numbers instead of, like, nicknames, that really hurt me a lot. Well, and it was both the clones and the enlisted people, like, also the people in the worst batch, the future death troopers, they were, they were all doing it. 
epic it's poetry it's like poetry it rhymes moment because that connects so well to like the first order and finn and fn2187 later um like we just love like a full circle moment of like the clones and then they lose their personality and then i just i just want i want finn to learn about about how the clones made themselves individuals just a real quick aside I do think we need a Finn show about him training to be a Jedi where they freaking unfreeze kicks and get to meet him and him being like, I'm a clone who had a number. And Finn's like, wait, I also had a number, but I gave that up. And Kix is like, oh, sick, I'm going to do that. I think that there is also like something to say about like the depersonalization of of the clones and then specifically of Crosshair because Crosshair's whole thing is like, I'm not like other girls, like fuck the regs, I'm Crosshair. Um, And for him to like, Interesting. I didn't consider this. What side of his face got fucked up? Was it the tattoo side or was it the other side? It was the other side. Okay. His tattoo is still intact. Okay, interesting. Huh. Um, because like, yeah. Once again, like Claudia was kind of saying, like the, you know, Star Wars loves a good fucking Vader allegory. Um, but also, in general, uh, Project War Mantle is something that is being discussed a lot with this since we were talking about it can you bring out the full list of I the episodes it. that are coming out yeah so we can discuss <laughs> would you like to see the list i've got it <laughs> mel um. has prepared the list for you <laughs> welcome to my thrawn era um i don't want to fuck him i just want to be him anyway yeah, you want to fuck Arlani, so yeah period the fact What's that there's thing? no context for that. Yeah, and no context. Mel's just, just like, vibes. I just don't. Just in case you guys were curious. I don't want to fuck that man. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, on July 2nd, Common Ground, or is it July? Yeah. July 2nd, Common Ground is coming out. Uh, July 9th, Devil's Deal. 16th, Rescue on Ryloth. 23rd, Infested. 30th, War Mantle. And then there's going to be two episodes in August. That's a lot. Yeah, I hate that the last two episodes are the ones we don't know, but now that I'm thinking about it, okay, for War Mantle, she said that's like Rampart's program, right, is bringing in the civil, not civilians, um, the enlisted people. Yeah. What if War Mantle, at that point, is when Crosshair's transition from elite clone to death trooper is when that is completed? See, that was another thing that I've been thinking a lot about, um... I made a TikTok about it and like it's been occupying a lot of my thoughts today of um crosshair being kind of this like uh not not symbolism because it was thing happening to him is not symbolism it is quite literally happening to him um but he's going from clone trooper to to dark trooper not just a death trooper to to dark trooper dark trooper or like what those robots are in the Mandalorian um season 2 finale um where I think it was Gideon who said, like, the last thing that we had to take out of them to make them the most efficient was the human. So that is... Oh, because he's what becoming is, a cyborg? Mm-hmm. He's, oh, he's no. slowly being depersonalized and just becoming a machine. Um, Epic so, ableism and fantasy yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out that... Because Tim pointed this out to me, that they aren't death troopers, they're elite squad troopers. Yes. Which I don't know if there's a difference. I, I don't fucking know anything Maybe about... Maybe Death Troopers don't exist storm yet. Stormtroopers. Yeah, the Elite Troopers, I think, are, like, special... Like, they're, like, special squads or, like, like specialized groups. Um, Death Troopers are their own thing. And Dark Troopers are their own thing. Death Troopers are, like, very uh, messed up in the 
Thrawn books, they do talk about death troopers, and they're basically modified people. Well, that's why I'm saying that... insane, which kind of reminds me of Crosshair, but... But what Mel was saying makes a lot of sense because the idea of them already seeing the clones like outside observers and like the high ranking individuals in the Empire see the clones as not people already. It would make sense that they see someone like Crosshair who has incredible skill, but is already a number to them being like, well, why don't we just literally make him do whatever we want because we can. So it does make sense for him to be the prototype for the Dark Trooper of, you know, Wait. Not having any human aspects, because even even the Death Troopers, which are akin to very on that on that a uh, regular trooper to Dark Trooper pipeline, are very close to the Dark Trooper. They and, still have agency, and they still kind of have can do their own thing. And I think another distinction to make with the Dark Troopers, um, and are. Uh... With the Death Troopers and the Dark Troopers. Sorry. Once again, Star Wars, get better fucking names. Like, Jesus, there are so many that are just the same thing. With the Death Troopers that we see in uh, Treason, they volunteered for that. They said, yep, I want to get fucked up. Fuck me up, Empire. Hit me with that bad, bad juice. Um, But for Crosshair, it's just because he's chipped. He didn't have agency over that. He was just like, I'm a shithead, but you made me... Ten times worse, besties. This means that Crosshair's story is now the opposite of Echo's stories. Now they are now they are going in opposite directions. Epic I foils hate, moment. I hate that, but <laughs> you're absolutely right. Speaking of Echo, actually, um, Echo did have a shining moment in the very beginning. Um, I made a note during the episode that said maybe Echo should be the leader because he seems to handle stress better than Hunter sometimes. I will always bring up the chance to talk about Echo being a master strategist, um, but I do think that something to talk about was in the beginning, he was like, hey, why didn't we go with Rex? Like, we wouldn't be in debt to Sid right now if we went with Rex. And Hunter's like, yeah, we kind of got our own thing going on. And Echo's like, what thing? <laughs> Being in debt? And to then fair, later they, in- They would still be in debt. Well, yeah, but they'd be with <laughs> Rex and Rex can handle it. That I, It did give me a little bit of fear of like, oh, are they, is the batch going to split up at any point? Because, well, I think right now, again, Crosshair is, uh, not Crosshair, Hunter is on his gap year. They all are on their gap year. They're trying to like figure out their lives. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just trying to survive. I'm trying to like feed- uh, you know us and this child and whatever and I don't know like bringing a child I think also it's for us we see it as oh bringing a child into the rebellion but like the rebellion is not a thing in people's minds yet I think for him he, like he has been a soldier in the Clone Wars all this time and so his thought of like we we have been we have been soldiers and we need to be something else because that's not what a child should have to be we like he sees that as bringing the child into a war that's continuing and he's like no we can't do that even though it's very different to join the rebellion i think he i think he sees that as just like continuing to be a soldier and now that he has omega he's like i can't do that and he sees it very differently that that and rex made that very clear rex was like the war it's still happening the republic still exists in my eyes whatever and the, and the, and the, there's that difference in idea and i think echo might be that bridge between them I of like hey just, yeah mm. no i agree i think definitely thinking about it the other thing too is considering the differences between echo and the rest of the bad batch and it's like the batch was raised different they are like built different <laughs> um but 
Echo has been, for all intents and purposes, a soldier his entire life, and then he had a very horrible uh, moment for about two years, and then he came back and was like, I guess I'm something else now. So I do think the idea of Echo being like, I don't like not knowing what we're doing, because his whole thing is he knows a lot of stuff, and it's like he went from being like, we're fighting the war for the Republic, to I am actively giving information to the separatists and that's my position to now being like what are we actually doing so i can see echo kind of getting that um cognitive dissonance of being like i am a soldier with no objective and that stressing him out whereas the rest of the badge has been doing the quote-unquote odd jobs of the republic during the clone wars Hey, I know this is kind of random, but the person who's been assigning him them those odd jobs was Cody. Um, Cody, my beloved. <laughs> Where is he? I'm gonna yeah. cry. Why did you bring up Cody? I'm sorry. I they do. were like, oh, there's some. There's gonna be somebody special in this episode, and then it was like Cad Bane, and I was like, but where's Cody? They got the wrong goddamn cowboy. All of us gay bitches have been talking about goddamn Eli Vanto, and they were like, blue person cowboy cad bane that's who they want the fact too that they pulled cad bane of all people like i know there were arcs talking about cad bane like again like the the unfinished boba fett cad bane moment so it's not totally a shock that cad bane made a reappearance but it was just not someone i was at all expecting when they were like oh someone's showing up i was like oh it's gonna be someone we actually care about so sorry to all of the Cad Bane stands out there. I appreciate him as a villain, but he's just not who I was expecting. I will say, I will say this. It very much solidifies the Ray Palpatine is stored in the Grogu, is stored in the Omega, is stored in the Cad Bane stealing children Clone Wars plotline. Like, of all the people to bring back, you bring back Cad Bane, it means something. Especially because Dave is very much, every single time, he's like, you better have watched every single one of these motherfucking episodes, even the annoying ones with Zero, um, <laughs> because they all mean something. And to me, this was that big flag. It was like, it was like, mm-hmm, it's all coming together. No, it's all. Literally. I, I mean, I was not even thinking about it, like, at the time, but Claudia, I think you were the one who brought it up, and you just brought it up now. But, like, Palp- Pal- Palpatine, yeah, Palpatine... Palpatine or Dooku? I think one of them, one of the Sith, was the one who hired Cad Bane to go get the Force-sensitive kids. It was Palpatine. It was Palpatine. Epic. That seems very, uh, seems like a very dangerous thing to do. Like, he's like, hey, it's the Chancellor, but I'm using a Swedish bank account to hire you to go get children. No, he did um, it as Sidious. He did it as Sidious. It just he seems- wasn't Palpatine. It's very, very slim shady moment. I mean, he did that with the fucking Separatists. Like, people are clearly falling for this bullshit- I, I'm so sorry. The fact, too, now I'm just thinking about that, but the fact that he has an extremely distinct face and no one was like, hey, <laughs> what's up with Because he had a cloak on and he had his face down in every hollow call and they were like, oh, I don't know who it is. It's I just guess. like in the fucking MCU when a person has just like a baseball cap on Literally. and they're like, who could this be? It's not also, it's not only like that the cloak too. He like didn't have his big puffy like shoulder like like suit like <laughs> He didn't look like an extra douchebag, so they yeah. couldn't figure out it was him. I would like to talk about the last moment. Um POV, you were just shot by Cad Bane. <laughs> um that was 
an epic piece of uh, filmmaking, which uh, a great on the on the team for that decision. We were discussing how this is the second moment, and I'm sure there are other ones, but this is the second one that jumped out to me. The first one was in the Bad Batch arc of the Clone Wars, where I was like, "Whoa, this suddenly feels like a video game," not in a bad way, um, in a like, in a like, "Wow, this is a very immersive way." Um, and I'm sure that either that's on purpose or that's because of the kind of people who work on the show or whatever. There's a moment in the Bad Batch arc of the Clone Wars, which I also rewatched recently, um, when they break in to the Separatist place with Anakin, um, and. Crosshair is, like, on the screen, but he's, like, right next to where the camera is, so it's kind of, like, first-person shootery, and then you look around, it looks very cutscene-ish, um, and you're like, whoa, suddenly this is, this is, like, th this is a video game, um, and Wrecker's standing there, like, cheering, whatever, and then this moment was the same. I, I don't know, I just thought that was very cool, I don't know what that, like, means for film or anything, but I really liked it. Literally... Republic Commando moment for the Bad Batch. Like, my friend and I immediately, like, were like, oh my god, Republic Commando, when we watched the episode, and we pulled up, like, screenshots of Republic Commando, because they li quite literally had, like, the little, like, loading circle in the top, just how it was formatted, so they probably, maybe some of the animators had worked on Republic Commando before, or they, like, got assets from Republic Commando, or just stylized Simply. it to look like Republic Commando. <laughs> I also really liked seeing what his heads-up display looks like, um, because that's something that I'm always confused by whenever there's any sort of, like, technical element. Um, like, I always think about, like, whenever a Mandalorian lowers their little viewfinder, I'm like, what is going on there? Like, how does that work? And this gave me a very interesting insight into, like, oh, what are they actually seeing? Being able to see what they're seeing through their little helmets like, just proved to me. I was like, wow, they really do not have any, like, periphery vision on those fucking helmets. That's why they're always bumping into things. Two things. One, I'm not a gamer. Um, the only thing I've played um, is Property Brothers um, mobile app game. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so I, I don't have that frame of reference. What I have the frame of reference is of, of Rebels, and I just, because I recently watched um, the season four um, premiere where I think it's you see Fen from Fen Rao's perspective very briefly and it has like the little Mandoa up like scrolling in the front and I was like oh this is very nice very sweet um, but in that POV um, when we're like in Hunter's point of view as he's like oh fuck I've been shot and the baby's gone fuck me um, <laughs> there's a moment um, I saw it was pointed out to me in a TikTok I wish I could know I knew what it was I just saw it on my For You page um, you see Wrecker for just a for a barely a millisecond but he's holding omega's bow so he took the bow with him and it just that's good because i was me. worried i was worried that cad bane's bitch ass took it a lot of people pointed out also does omega think that he's dead someone in my comments pointed out that because i said don't tell me that omega thinks hunter's dead because i don't want to hear your bitch ass say <laughs> but um someone pointed out like she you know a little RN moment for Omega with Nala say would obviously know how to like check someone's pulse and it like she checked the pulse of that um little lizard dragon thing on um, episode what, what episode was that episode three I think it was episode or, three yes because yeah. cut and run was episode two yeah that was episode three yeah so she 
probably like checked Hunter's pulse at that moment when he was like knocked out before she had to scramble to try and shoot Cad Bane, but was not able to shoot Cad Bane. So I don't think she thinks Hunter is dead, but she definitely is probably distressed that she has now been separated from her dad. So <laughs> much like um, one Commander Cody, you could say, no, Momega knows that her person is not dead. Would you like to do Cody watch? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll go with the Cody watch. Um, Cody wasn't there. <laughs> the physical pain I have when I have to say Cody wasn't there every week. I but, uh, five thoughts on the episode <laughs> to go back. I, the fact that Cody wasn't there, I really did think like maybe there was a chance that he was gonna be there i do know i know he's gonna be there he's gotta be there my fucking big fear this goddamn episode was crosshair was gonna be like you know uh cc i forgot cody's number like do you yeah 22 24 do you copy i was gonna be like sir you can't just say that um but then he never did so (laughs) powerful actually i saw Crosshair did have an epic head trauma moment at one point. Crosshair and I was had like, an epic oh? trauma moment. <laughs> Stop. It would not surprise me if he had some additional head, specifically head trauma. Yeah, that was a lot. That episode, I will say, um, I really liked it. I think it's. I, I always have trouble with the more lore heavy episodes and being like, do I like this episode or did a lot just happen? And I'm kind of still figuring it out with this one because I think it's definitely one of the better ones, but. It was a lot, and I am still processing. For me personally, I think it's been my favorite episode thus far. I think visually it was very stunning. Um, and then also I just enjoy a good a good vibe check. So Crosshair really getting Kentucky Fried Crosshaired was a very good to me. I just realized that this episode is the exact same episode as the tragedy of The Mandalorian. Okay, it's how so animated I- Boba can still win. I swear to God, uh, the way if we saw fucking Woba Fett in the Bad Batch, no, that is that is my limit. My that is my limit. After Wayne and I can't, don't know if I can do that again. Wayne Wayla- and Woba Fett, mm-mm. bestie. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I just want to see like someone's like take Cad Bane out, and also I like the theory of the dent in Boba's helmet being caused by. Cad Bane. By Cad Bane. That is it iconic. Would, it would also be very cool of them to be like, obviously they know Django's like prowess as a as a bounty hunter. That's the whole reason he was picked. And them ending up like their contingency plan. Them they're they're like, okay, I guess we have to hire the best in the business. And who would that be? Um well, Boba's still a little young, but like, but them hiring Django's son, who is one of the clones that they created, it would just be very interesting. I don't know if it would happen, but it would be interesting. Me coming, like, dumb thought that this would never happen. Just, they're like, oh yeah, we get, we hire um, Django's son, who's also like a clone that we, <laughs> that's a, a special boy clone. We, we bring him back too. We use him for the fucking clone project that we're working on. It's just a trap to lure Boba back. This is a this is a like a like a pyramid scheme. I never gave my thoughts on 
episode. I just realized I was just talking about Boba Fett. Yes, you should. <laughs> um, I like the episode a lot. I, uh, I also think it's my favorite episode so far. Um, <laughs> because of epic crispy crosshair moment. Sorry, crosshair stance. Um, and yeah, because of Republic Commando. Happy mid-season, by the way, everyone. There are only eight episodes left, so got a lot of ground to cover. Hey there, it's Mel. As you probably know, this month at Rupelp's Pod Race, we want to show our support and encourage yours to LGBT causes near and dear to us. This week, we'd like to highlight the Black Trans Travel Fund. The Black Trans Travel Fund is a grassroots Black trans-led collective providing Black transgender women with financial and material resources needed to remove barriers to self-determining and accessing safer travel options. Check the show notes for the link to their donation page. Happy Pride and may the force be with you. It's time again for Is It Legends or Did I Just Make It Up? This time I'm hosting the segment and um, I have prepared some facts for you all. For our listeners, this segment is, um, you know, bringing up some some facts and the other hosts have to figure out if it's from legends or if i just just made it up my first thing today in legends the gehu tune was a group of a hundred bounty hunters jango fett brought to kamino to train the clones for the galactic republic is it legends or did i just make it up i'm gonna say legends that sounds real can you read those names again? Yeah, sorry. I I wrote down how to pronounce it, too. Gehutun. See, this is interesting, because part of me is like, no, this is definitely Legends. But then another part of me is like, I did something similar in terms of, like, bringing up a random Mandalorian word to be like, ooh, got your ass. So are you playing 3D chess, or are you just being sincere? I'll say I think Jess made it up. I think Jess made it up. I did just make it up. Goddamn period. <laughs> the actual, um... The actual word was the... Why did I not write down the pronunciation of this one? I hate myself. The Koivaldar. Interesting. Oh, so it's a real thing? You just Yeah, it's a real thing. It's just I changed the word. The word I chose, because the I'm butchering the, the actual word, um, means those who no longer exist. And the word I chose meant bandit, villain, petty thief. Oh, shit. Um, That's powerful. It kind of was real, but I pulled a, a Mel moment there. So Jess has also entered their Hannibal era. I love that. <laughs> okay. I don't like any of the hosts of this show being in their Hannibal era. It doesn't bode well, <laughs> bode well for all of the other hosts. Yeah, it means that everyone else is Will Graham, and that isn't good because you've got encephalitis, bestie. The second one. In Legends, there was an Imperial officer who defected and became a pilot, an officer for the Alliance of Free Planets, which was um, a provisional government formed from the Rebel Alliance, like a week after the Battle of Endor, and her name was Maggie. Is it Legends, 
Or did I just make it up? Again, I'm going to say that's Legends. I'm going to say that's real. I think that this is Legends. I think it's just a, a Star Wars name thing where they're like, we got to go balls to the wall for some of them and then other ones, fucking Maggie. Because Maggie seems like something that Jess would make up, but it also seems like something that very well could be Legends. I'll, okay, I'll just say, I'll say Legends again. It is in fact Legends. <laughs> Okay! Yeah! Alright! Wait, that so- made me feel insane when I, like, found that random wiki page for Maggie, and I was like, now what the fuck is this? <laughs> is it spelled weird, or is it just No, like it's Mag- just oh. literally M-A-G-G-I-E, Maggie. Is it, is it short for, like, Margaret, or... No, it just said Maggie. She didn't even have a last name. Not even a oh. last Damn! Like, Ray! Maggie... <gasps> Maggie Skywalker? <laughs> Maggie Skywalker, period. Maggie Skywalker. Doing good so far. In Legends... Dreadmasters were a group of six powerful human Sith Lords who served the Sith Emperor. After their Emperor was defeated, though, they went on to form their own empire led by their Dread Council. But when one of their members were slain, the remainder of them relocated to their Dread Fortress, and they were later defeated in 3638 BBY. Is it Legends, or did I just make that all up? This is stupid enough that this has to be real. I feel like every time I feel like I'm like, okay, I'm pretty solid. You keep talking. And I'm like, oh, there's more. And I'm like, how deep would Jess go to fool us? Yeah, I, I, because I think you're in your Hannibal era. I think you made this up. I'll say I think it's Legends. Okay, so everyone's clocked in. It's Legends. Fuck. B? I think I'm- <laughs> Here it is! For the first time ever in this game, I'm not in last, so... It's like Womp Evader! <laughs> I got um, Womp Evader 2! I left this out, but they also had, like, um, some f- followers that were, like, kind of hypnotized, like, people, from my understanding, that were called Dread Hosts. <laughs> and they had, like, their, their Dread arms. Droids also, or something like that. <laughs> so what is like, this? Oh, did he- Meyer is this? This is certainly filling me with Dread. <laughs> Honestly, I think that oh, that one's pretty bad. I'm happy that one's Legends. <laughs> yeah. In Legends, there's a type of lightsaber crystal called a Dantari crystal or a Dantooine crystal that came from the eggs of Dantooine Kinrath, which are like fucked up little spider creatures. Is it Legends or did I just make that up? Again, I'm gonna say that's real. I'm gonna say like, that's also real. That's like Charlotte's Web if Charlotte like birth to crystal is that what you're saying um yeah because mm, <laughs> everyone else said it was real and i'm one ahead right now i believe so i will say that it's that just made it up it's legends i got your ass got <laughs> <laughs> their ass fuck yeah damn it and now you're I all tied <laughs> yeah. this, this is the tiebreaker <laughs> yeah in legends Jedi dueling boots were boots used by individuals. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. Okay. <laughs> Stop. It just reminded okay. me of Jeb's debate in boots. The idea of fucking Jeb Bush with a fucking lightsaber <laughs> is haunting. Jeb, Jeb's aggressive <laughs> negotiations. Stop. Please clap. That now. <laughs> Please clap with a lightsaber. Uh. Jedi dueling boots were boots used by individuals affiliated with or part of the Jedi Order during the Cold War between the Sith Empire and the Galactic Republic. And Jedi dueling boots were first introduced in the game Sotor, or Star Wars The Old Republic. Is that Legends, or did I just make it up? I want to say this is real, but they can't all be real. Okay, I'm going to say Jess made it up. 
I have to think because this is so this is so much I hope it's real the idea of specific duel like boots for dueling is very funny it's like oh hold on we can't fight yet let me get my boots these boots were made for dueling <laughs> So you gotta remember, this is also from a video game. Yeah, that's they exactly. They got like stuff I, like that. I will say that it's, I will say that it's legends. I want it to be real. I think Jess made it up. I did make it up. Got yes, it. Got fuck. It. I've fallen behind again. But I did. I did actually take it from Sith dueling boots, which do exist in the game Are Star Wars: The Old really? Republic. Period. Except I made it about the Jedi. <laughs> The idea that, like, Count Dooku has dueling boots makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> but this was, um, during the the Old Republic, so I don't know if the, the Sith kept them. Like, if Palpatine was like, yeah, let's, let's have our fucking dueling boots. The crack. idea of fucking Palpatine taking Maul to a fucking Goodwill and being like, all right, we gotta toss these out, bestie. Wait, Garth Maul! Garth Maul is real! <laughs> The idea of Palpatine taking you on as your apprentice or taking you on as his apprentice. And then he's like, okay, what size shoe are you? And you're filling out the form to become his apprentice. And you're like, what size shoe are you? And you're like, oh, I'm an eight and a half. He's like, oh, the Sith dueling boots are a 10. So I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> no short kings allowed. <laughs> They're like, sorry. Shoes. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, Dooku's freaking six, five. So he's like, I guess those must be pretty big dueling boots. And then Anakin had to, that's why he needed to make Darth Vader so big. So he'd fit in the so dueling boots. <laughs> I can't, with, can't that. with that. No, uh, that's great. So, um, I guess <laughs> Claudia and, and Mel both tied. Ew. Don't you have one more? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. I have <laughs> one more. <laughs> Is it legends or did I just make it up? In Legends, three-fifths of the podcast and the podcast itself have been blocked by Gina Carano. Um, I will say that that one, I think Jess made that one up. I think it's, I think it's true. I think over the bathroom break, over the epic piss break, we found that information out. I think we, yeah. Claudia, I'm, what do you think? <laughs> I'm going to say that Jess, um, I, I'm going to say that part of it is true, uh, but Jess messed up the numbers. It wasn't Legends, it's actually canon. So. It is canon that me, Ollie, Claudia, and Mel have been blocked by Gina Carano on Twitter, as has our podcast, which has only existed, our podcast account, which has only existed for about a month. So, or a little over, a um, little over a month, two months. I don't think we've ever even tweeted about her, so. No, we definitely happy haven't. Pride. <laughs> happy, happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. So, we just wanted to inform everyone of that. Um. We do actually have a new segment this week. Sorry, Noah. Sorry, Noah. We are introducing a new segment. And that segment is called Criff, Nabu, Honeymoon, and Decapitate. It is very similar to the Earth game called Fuck, Mary Kill, but it's with fun Star Wars words. So all of our hosts have prepared three characters from Star Wars, and then we will have to go around and say which one we would Criff which one we would go on a Nabu honeymoon with, and which one we would decapitate a la Jango Fett. Uh, do you guys want me to start? Yeah. Sure. Okay, so mine I think will be very fun. Mine is Aura Singh, Hondo Onaka, and Bosk. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> okay, give me a second. Okay, I already have mine. I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. I'm shooting from the hip. I'm fucking killing Aura Singh. Sorry, bestie. 
I I may be I think I'm the only lesbian on this podcast um no <laughs> actually suddenly I'm I've I'm goodbye um I guess I'm marrying Bosk he him lesbian Bosk yeah I just I don't want to be married to Hondo is the thing no I'm I, ex- ex- exactly I, the same I suppose as- I do have to fuck Hondo I love Hondo Onaka I would not want to marry him he seems like he would be the worst partner um, but Bosk, Bosk is a dad. Bosk is a single dad to Boba Fett. And I think that I could make him not have to be a single dad anymore. Okay. Um, I agree. Or sing, decapitate. Um, no, girl. Um, I'm going to disagree with you guys. I think Naboo, Honeymoon, Hondo, Anaka, only because um, I think he's just a fun time. Like, he's, he's clearly just, he's just, like... He has that much fun with his enemies. Can you imagine how much he is with people he actually trusts? Like, I, I'm sure it would be just a wild adventure. Um, it might get exhausting, but I think it'd be a wild adventure, which would mean I would have to grip Vosk. Um, don't know what that's about. Uh. So much to unpack there. Jess? I basically have the same um, alignment as Mel. Where, yeah, goodbye, Horacing. I've sent you to not the Chiss Ascendancy. I've sent you to hell. I'm just just realizing that literally my indicator for this one is how nice were they to Boba Fett. Because Horacing was not nice to Boba Fett. Hondo was neutral to Boba Fett. And Bosk is his dad. So I'm like, Mary Bosk, Hondo, we can crip, I guess, if that's what has to happen. Horacing just call you Django Fett because I will decapitate you. Griffin, Hondo, and I'm marrying Bosk. I'm, I'm, I'm Bubba's new adopted parent. Um, okay. The one I have prepared is one specifically to make things difficult for the people in this room. Um, so the three people that I have are Zeb, <laughs> Eli Vanto, <laughs> and Cody. <laughs> How dare you? Wait, the fact that I'm going to have to decapitate one of them is no good. I already, I have my choice. I Yeah, I made my choice too. I can shoot from the hip. I don't even know what I would pick. I'd like to go first. Okay, first off, I do have to apologize to someone in this this (laughs) podcast right now. The way I know you guys are both going to have the same answer and I know it's not going to end well for Zeb. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ollie, resident Zebkin, but, um, no, Zeb is getting decapitated. I'm so sorry, Zeb. It's not nothing against Zeb. It's just, I'm not callous. And, uh, so I am not attracted to Zeb in that way. So, s- s- sorry, Zeb, you're, you've been decapitated. You've been Django-fetted. Now, this is hard, because everyone who listens to this podcast should know that I am a friend of Cody. But I also not I a friend of Eli Cody. <laughs> yeah. What I kin Eli Vanto, and um, I adore Eli Vanto with my whole heart. So I did this to hurt you people. <laughs> yeah, this really hurts. But I am gonna criff Cody and uh, marry Eli Vanto. Sorry, Thron. Eli Vanto's mine now. So actually, this is where things kind of get interesting. Um. I'm marrying Eli Vanto. That is the clear choice. Um, as a, like Jess, I am also an Eli Vanto Kinney. Um, 
this is where things are are going to get difficult um because I do think I'm going to Criff Zeb. Um, this is a hot take. I, I think that I just, I cannot kill him. I cannot pseudo orphan Mara Jade and fucking Revan Calisarelios. <laughs> He's a um, father. He's a father. I cannot do that. I can oh be a father. Oh my God, ref- I forgot about them. I'm so sorry, kids. <laughs> you still have your other dad. I mean, they're not in the show, so it's like, of course, people are going to forget about them, which is just another problem with representation and like the mainstream. But yeah. anyway, that's not the yeah. point. Um, but I just, I think that I'm fine with being a homewrecker. I'm not fine with being a murderer. So sorry, Cody. You, this is what you get for fucking shooting on on Obi Wan on Utapau. Um, sorry, Bestie. Not you being, not but- you being the 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 TikTok, the, the the TikTok excuse of hating Cody, which is he was mind controlled to shoot Obi Wan, <laughs> so he's a bad person. I can't I with that. that. I just have people I'm related to that look like Tamora Morrison, <laughs> so I can't do it. Oh, no. I cannot do yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's valid. You're you're valid. Here's my problem as the resident Zeb Kinney. I this might surprise some of you. I think Zeb is very handsome, but I don't really think I'm very, like, into him. So that's where I'm... My problem is that I don't... I, I Wait, don't, are you going to kill Zeb? I don't... So that's the thing. I don't think so because I could not bear it. I think, like, I don't particularly want to marry or... Or I don't want to go on a Naboo honeymoon or criff him. But I physically don't think i would be able he to has to him. stay alive one way or another so. exactly exactly <laughs> not and fuck I- or die zeb <laughs> the problem is that <laughs> i don't want to be with zeb i want to be him he is my gender goal so that is my thing oh so you're gonna so- highlander him there can only be one i no him. no no become him. i'm going to become <laughs> i'm going to become mara jade and revan's new parent i hate to say this so i love Every single person that you have put, I feel like this one was specifically made to hurt me. Maybe it was. Well, also Jess. Okay. I feel like I have already come to terms with the fact that Cody is dead. Like, I don't think he's dead, but I make... I wouldn't want to kill Cody mid-Clone Wars, but if it was, like, right now where the Bad Batch is in the timeline, I have a feeling that he is not doing super hot. So I'm like, I kind of have to kill him, but... Here's my other thing. The fact that my first instinct was, was, my first instinct was to kill Elevanto. I'm not going to, but that was my first instinct. I think that Zeb would be a good husband, so I think I'm gonna marry Zeb. Uh, I'm gonna Naboo honeymoon with Zeb. I'm gonna criff Elevanto, and I'm going to like his like his uh his DNA donor. I am going to have to decapitate Cody. Oh I God. hate this. Cody, my beloved, Damn. I'm so sorry. I hate oh. I'm so sorry. Um, I also didn't think this through when I did it. I was just like, huh. Um, the problem with this is that all three of them, I think, are husband material. See, this is the problem. I could make an argument for almost all of these in any configuration. What's your gut instinct? Okay. My gut instinct is Cody. Cody has been husband material for Obi-Wan the whole time. So I'm going to say Naboo Honeymoon Cody. I'm going to say Criff Eli Vanto, even though it could really be either way. And I'm sorry, Zeb. I'm so sorry. My Zeb Black Series action figure is currently staring at me from my shelf, and he wanted me to tell you that he's disappointed in all of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm <laughs> not, not a furry. I'm not a furry 
so, but I'm not a furry either. I'm just more comfortable with being a homewrecker and not a murderer. Who I, wants to uh, go next? <laughs> welcome to Fuck Mary Kill Mandalorian Edition. Oh. Um, Wait, what's have... the actual? You you've called the game the wrong thing. Oh fuck! I okay. <laughs> Hi, Mel Lordrop. I fucking hate Star Wars curses more than anything in the world. So saying Criff, I hate it. So Criff, Naboo, Honeymoon, Decapitate, Act Woves, Fenrau, Alric Wren. Jesus, all okay. men again. This is, this is actually a very easy answer for me. Um, obviously, obviously, I'm marrying Fenrau, right? I think that that is the correct answer this is where it starts to get hard but like I do like I feel like I'm gonna have to criff Wren and kill Axwoves I unfortunately do think Axwoves is very funny and I do like him a lot just because he has like no screen time and no lines like barely any lines it's like I can project whatever personality onto him I want and that's very powerful but if I had to choose between him and any of the other two people here, the answer is clear. This is so difficult considering we know jack shit about half of them. Um... Okay, so let me just, let me make myself clear here. One, the great thing about Axe Wolves is that Bo-Katan and Casca left him in the bathroom while they had their girl boss <laughs> moment in the Mandalorian season two finale. So like truly, like Ollie said, you he could be anyone. He could be anything. Fen Rao, I just, Fen Rao period and then Ulrich Wren who is a dad male that's wife. it male wife actually all of these men are male wives in my yeah, opinion that's true so I agree. welcome to my saw trap <laughs> okay more like I'm, your axe trap okay I'm going with decapitate axe I'm so sorry bestie um Nabu honeymoon Fenrau and um Criff, Ulrich, Red. But those two could get switched. So they're both kind of the male wives of Man- of Mandalore. So male wives of Mandalore, my new my new favorite. Um, <laughs> That's what they're going to replace the, the show that they were going to do about the New Republic. It's Ranger- male wives of Mandalore. And it's Ben Rao, <laughs> Axe, Woves, and Ulrich, Red. And Din Djarin can be there too. He just—he's the leader. Yeah. He's yeah. He's like he's like their. I like, can't with this. It's like Charlie's Angels, but it's it's Din is Charlie. So, uh, for this, I think that yeah, I'm sorry, X, you're getting decapitated, just because I I don't know much about you, so it's easy for me to be like yeah, <laughs> kill the kill the spare. <laughs> Kill them. Oh. I'm gonna Criff Fen Rao. And I'm gonna marry Alaric Ren. Sorry, Sabine. I'm being a homewrecker. But just male wife energy. I feel like he'd, he'd be a good husband. And we can talk about art also, because he does seem like a big art man, too. Criff Naboo Honeymoon Decapitate options. Welcome to the Chiss Ascendancy. Yeah! <laughs> So, uh, my options, I was uh, struggling for the third one because I, I wanted to put a person, but I'm thinking, I was like, wait, no, Claudia hasn't, um, well, I was gonna start reading the, the Ascendancy book, so she wouldn't really know who this, this one character is. It's a macro! <laughs> it's not some macro. 
unlike um you all this this game i have decided to to talk about women let's talk about women okay. today thank you all so right. much i had aura sing okay that mm. we all chose to kill her <laughs> we was the correct wait, answer. wait we collectively fridged aura sing <laughs> Honestly, has really left the building. Like, no, I feel like it's feminism in saying that not all women are good. <laughs> Period. She never had her redemption arc, and for that I can respect her. My three options are Karen Farrow, Aralani, and Vanya. Ooh, this oh, this is so shoot mean. from the hip. I got it. All right, I, got it. I, think I was I gonna. Got it as well. um, I was debating between um, putting um, Farrow. And Wutroo, but I was like, Claudia doesn't know who Wutroo is. Wutroo, so beloved. But yeah, those are your, those are your options. I right, Mel, do you want to go first? Yeah. It, to be honest, it would have been way harder if you had put Wutroo because I do love her. Um, I'm sorry, Karen. You're fucking dying. Sorry, Queen. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. You've been sent to the Chiss Ascendancy in the sky. Um. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways. Um, I am Nabu honeymooning with, um, our secret Nabu honeymoon, whatever the fuck it, we called it with Vanya. Um, she's got marriage material. She's very sweet. I think age wise. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think but- just, it makes sense. It just makes sense. Aralani. Hell yeah. Hey Milf. Hey queen. I love you. Um, that is all. See, okay, I, Arlani is very intimidating, um, and unlike Thrawn, she is not a punk-ass bitch, um, so, Vanya, I'm so, I'm, this is so hard! <laughs> Just say it, get it out, it, rip Vanya. it off like a band-aid. Yeah, rip it off like a I band-aid. Guess, I guess decapitate Vanya, no! I, um, Karen, Pharaoh, Criff, and Mabu Honeymoon Arlani because, like, she's, she's, she's stable, she's got a job, I get into the, I get into a, a Chiss family house, like. Oh, you wouldn't, though. No, she's not. Oh, sorry, I don't, I haven't read the Ascendancy books yet, but she is a high-ranking CDF officer, so, like. Yeah, she is by blood in Arizi, so. Yeah, epic, epic Arlani by blood Arizi moment. I, so here's, I'm having a very similar problem to Claudia in the fact that I love Karen Farrow so much. And in the Karen Farrow who lives in my heart leaves, it is no longer under Thrawn's command and is like, actually the Empire sucks and then leaves the Empire. But that is not currently canon. So I have to take into account the fact that she does work for the Empire and does like does know that Harris Syndulla was being held prisoner and didn't do anything about it. So unfortunately for that, Karen, I am going to have to decapitate you and I don't want to. Here's where I really get a problem because I love both Vanya and Aralani, but for similar reasons to Mel, I think Vanya and I have more long-term potential because we are closer in age than me and Aralani. Not that I've ever been bothered by the idea of a MILF, but I just, long-term, I don't know what Arlani and I would even talk about, honestly. I feel like Vanya and I would have more in common. So I'm in a, I'm in a Nabu honeymoon with Vanya and Kriff Arlani. 
Hey y'all, Mel just popping in to say um, that Jess never got a chance um, to say their placements for the Chiss Ascendancy edition of Criff Nebu Honeymoon Decapitate. Um, and theirs goes as follows. They would Criff Pharaoh, Nebu Honeymoon Vanya, and unfortunately, Decapitate Arlani. That was that segment that was... really was a lot. Hey, my, <laughs> my heart is like pounding from like uh, the the fucking no. Zeb one. Apologies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm so sorry for that. Um, but also apologies to our listeners who are not deep in the shits of the Chiss Ascendancy. Um, Maybe, read the yeah. Thrawn books. Um, you should start with the Canon Thrawn trilogy. The first book is just called Thrawn, the second book is called Thrawn Alliances, the third one's called Thrawn Treason, then you can read the Ascendancy uh, trilogy, um, and then you can get into some Legends business. Come on this journey with us. This is a myth-level marketing scheme. Uh, anyways, so sorry that we just spent a lot of time on characters that who have never showed up in a TV show or a movie ever. <laughs> we can always hope that one day they will. Yes. Mama, I don't want them to because I'm scared of what they're going to do to them in live Dave, action. No. Or maybe more comics would be cool. That would be cool. Um, So let's go ahead. We have one more segment for you all today. And that is one that we like to call Name That Ship. So what that segment entails is one of our hosts will find a fan fiction and read the tags, the title, the rating, and the summary to the other hosts. And they will be able to guess yes or no questions to try to figure out what the ship is. So this fic was sent to me by a listener um, by the name of Mac2Reality. It's M-A-C-K-T-O Reality on TikTok. Um, And they sent me a DM with this fan fiction. Um, It is called Say Anything to Me. The tags are character A slash character B, character A, character B, Princess Diaries AU, Suitless character B, bottom character A, top character A, and fingering. The summary is character A didn't think this was the way his life was going to go. He would have never guessed this in a million years. Finding out he was the prince of a small country, being trained to take over the throne, having to be married to do so, falling in love. So I do think Anakin slash Vader is one of the characters. Yes. No! No, you got it. Wait. That's because it. It's Anakin of... slash Vader. Wait. What? What? Is it... Character, huh? it's also tagged as self-cessed, which I didn't read because it was wait, given away. Wait, 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 wait. I feel insane, besties. <laughs> Excuse me? How did we get it in one try? Because I was just like, it's gotta be about, like, yeah, Anakin, Darth I Vader thought... moment if it's suitless. It's just... Yeah, it's no, Self-cessed? What? Yeah. Yeah. What's all this Why are you doing this to me? And it is a Princess Diaries AU. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I feel how many insane. hits and how many kudos does this have? It currently has 39 kudos. And uh, okay. it only has like 300, a little more than 300 hits. Hey, Bestie, what the fuck? Yeah, um, that, well, that was just a fun, short, and sweet one. Um, because I'm s- are, uh... sorry I fucking one-shotted you. Um, <laughs> I was call, me fucking, I... call me fucking Cad Bane. No, no, not your Cad Bane to my hunter. I hate it here. Period. Bucko. I feel like I f- he says bucko. I feel like if Cad Bane <laughs> walked up to Hunter and said, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, self-cessed, Hunter would also probably have had the same effect of being shot. That's how I felt reading it, at least. 
I feel, wow, um, mine, wow, I don't know if mine can live up to that. Hopefully we won't guess it in one. (laughs) Holy shit. So, this is rated teen and up audiences. It's called On the Correct Application of the Scientific Method. What in the goddamn? Okay. The, this was also sent to me by a listener. I can't remember who because it was sent to me a while ago. The tags are alternate universe arranged marriage, alternate universe Canon divergence, humor, bad flirting, truly the worst flirting, academic character A, utter nerd character A. Here's the summary and notes because I think they put the summary in the notes. Um, character B is going to make himself a widower in short order. That's the summary. The notes are, for the prompt, for some reasons, insert furious hand-waving, character B was married off to character A to cement an alliance with the... Should I tell you what planet this is? Yes. It'll be a little bit of a hint. Um, to cement an alliance with the Mandalorians. Maul is pissed (gasps) off, but can't... Oh, pressure! Oh no, Maul is involved. Uh oh, Well, keep reading. We can guess the other person. Oh shit, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Maul is pissed off but can't afford to be sent back, so he's just silent and glowering. This is torture for character A, who has so many questions, all caps, about the Force and can't get a word out of Maul. Character A learns to echolocate facts about the Force by confidently saying things and measuring how wrong they are by how much Maul grinds his teeth. (laughs) Maybe he'll hit upon the thing that will make his new husband finally open his mouth and correct him. Okay, so it is a man. Yes, uh, it is a man. And a Mandalorian. Yes. Is it Corky? No, no. Oh, thank God. I is think it, I know who it is. Is it Fen Rao? No. Is it Pre Vizsla? No. Fuck. <laughs> is it Gar Saxon? No. Wait, it is another mate. Is it Allred Wren? No. Is it Tristan Wren? No. Thank God. Oh We've my run God. out of Mandalorian men. Is it Din Djarin? No. <laughs> it is a Mandalorian man. Django Fett? No. Is it Boba? You're getting warmer. Is it a clone? No. X. Whoa. I oh, feel yeah. like if I give you this hint, you're gonna no, get it no, no. I don't want a hint yet. Because I'm still... so, I'm so sorry. I spilled the beans on Maul. Is it Pax Visla? No. Wait. Okay. Okay. Let me. Let me. Before we just start you guys listing names. Want to twenty names, questions? It. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is this is this a character who's age appropriate for Maul? Yes. Okay. Um, is this character in the prequels? No. Are they in the Clone Wars? No. Are they in? Are they in Rebels? No. <laughs> what Mandalorian exists outside of fucking? Is it, is it a Legends character? Yes. Is Jaster it... Mareel? Yes. What? Yes. Jaster. <laughs> Jaster, girl, run. Maybe I'm stupid. How old is Jaster Mareel? I, I thought Jaster Mareel was old as fuck. <laughs> yeah, Jango's dad. Maybe he's wait, the maybe wait. he's the cradle robber. So, oh. so 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 this is is this Jester Mareel getting like arranged marriage to Maul? Yes. Wow. So so those are some ships, <laughs> some some fix. Anyway, I just we wanted to take a moment to shout out um, Sheriel on Tumblr, Twitter, um, Instagram, artist stereo. 
that is spelled um, C-H-E-R-R-I-I-E-L-L-E. Yeah. Ella Sherio. <laughs> I'm going to treat it like your last name. We're shouting you out because uh, you drew that amazing Rexaw art that we posted on all our socials, which was beautiful. But also I'm shouting you out specifically because of your beautiful Eli Vanto and Thrawn art. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it was very exciting because uh, to get into the back, back uh, behind the scenes a little, she did message us and say, I saw you followed us and your name made me laugh. So I started listening, um, which is very funny. The fact that someone saw Rube Helps Pod Race. I got to figure out what's going on with this. Um, but yeah. The Rexaw agenda continues. I'm, I'm, I'm here to preach the good word. We enter week two of the Rexonaissance. There's also a new fic in the Rexaw tag, um, which was written by a listener for our podcast. So shout out to you as well. <laughs> Minnie the Moocher DA on AO3. I've read your fix before and I was so excited when I saw you wrote one for Rexaw. Thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPaul's Pod Race. Episodes usually drop Sundays, and for updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on social media at RuPaul's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you enjoy our show, consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out a lot. Uh, we'll see you next week for another episode. May the Force be with you, and don't crip it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. waka, waka. waka, waka.